2019. Hello and welcome to Slash Dupe, the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. Each member of today's podcast has been given the same movie or TV title, some time to prepare, and has come to the table to pitch their own unique take on that title. And as always, I'm joined by my Slash Deep regulars and co-hosts Dan and Ryan. One of them is the dupe, and after the break we'll be hearing a very special pitch from the dupe. The dupe is the one person at the table who has not been given the title in advance, and they will have to improvise their idea at the end of the show following everybody else's. Hi Sean, I was wondering what Slash Dupe actually meant. I haven't really come across that term much in my lifetime. Do you know, I, ju I just want to say it's a fantastic question. It's a, it's a great question, and, and I will answer that question. I will answer that question. A slash dupe uh, in, is a film in the very early stages of post-production. It's a rough, unfinished version that functions as the building blocks of what a film can become. Right. That sultry voice you heard today, thank, thank you for asking that. That's Andy, the sultry voice of, of Andy, um, our guest for today's episode of Slash Dupe. How confident are you with your idea for, for Slash Dupe today? Um, I don't want to say I'm too confident because I'm quite new to this, but I think it's something that might pique someone's interest if they're feeling very bored. So let's see. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what about everybody else? How are we feeling can, about can today? Can I just say, Sean, you really channeled some like Charlton Heston in that intro today, didn't you? I didn't know. <laughs> I, just, I just I felt like I got a bit of, you know, a bit of Charlton Heston from you when you're doing Did your intro. Charlton Heston, the famous NRA gun supporter is this is I this mean, some sort of I mean, did, yes. I, did i put the fear of the the, of the beauty and fear I mean, into you that you an know, automatic i was thinking more does. like soylent green as people and you know damn you you dirty apes that kind of <laughs> it was a little <laughs> do you know why if anyone's been listening to this podcast i think for the last two episodes i haven't had to do that intro so it's like it's like trying to put on an old shoe and my foot swelling a little bit so it's like, <laughs> so yeah, it is a slightly different one. Maybe that's what you're hearing. You're hearing the, the theatricality we were able to bash out of however many episodes we've done so far. It's all well, rearing its head well, again. Well, I, for today's episode, am very prepared, which is a different Show me up. format. Show me up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that's, that's true because today, um, and I don't know if we've, uh, when the last time this actually was, um, our dupe is Dan. So it's not actually Ryan today. Ryan is, is, is... Have I ever been the dupe? Nope. I don't think so. I don't think I have. I mean, I've been a half dupe for the last eight episodes. <laughs> yeah. we, we'll say nothing We haven't that, had worry. a dupe switch since episode since, 10. Since the days of Daria. Since um, episode 10. Who won that one? So there's, there's yeah. every chance, Dan. Um, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I am, uh, on that, I am Sean, your peerless moderator, and at the end of the episode, I will be picking the winner to go through to the next heat. Uh, what happens with the winning idea at the end of the season, you'll have to wait till the halfway point of today's episode to find out. So, I can reveal to you that the title for today's Slash Dupe episode is Mole. It's very simple, it's very effective, it's very evocative. I don't know what the process was like, Andy, for you... Uh, uh, as you were coming up with your your idea yeah, for Mole? It was a very interesting process because uh, my immediate thought turned to the obvious, which was, you know, the old uh, spy behind enemy lines kind of storyline, oh, you know, Mission Impossible-esque. Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking that's way too obvious, way too predictable. Um, so I started thinking about how about we add an apostrophe to one of oh. the vowels, so Mole? 
potentially. Oh, I like that. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going well with Andy, <laughs> give us give us your idea for mole or now it's mole. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so yeah, it's basically, I think because we're in lockdown, I was trying to think of something that would cheer people up. We It's about time mm -hmm. that we need more uplifting, lighthearted movies in the industry, in my opinion, compared to what we've seen. So it's kind of like the comedy story of, of a young man from Spain who's called Moleno. And Mole is what his friends would call him for short growing up. Mm -hmm. um, he's a cheery, happy-go-lucky kind of guy um, who, after years of studying and making his way through the educational system and living with his parents, he's finally able to move out of his parents' house. And he, before he kind of goes to find a job, he kind of wants to go on a bit of an adventure where near the area of where he lives in Spain. So he's mm. living in South Spain. So this is a great opportunity for him to explore the uh, South Spanish uh, culture a bit more mm -hmm. and basically just escape his parents. He just wants that freedom. Yeah. So what he does is he uh, goes out, he moves um, into a house and the story is about him actually going through a series of shared housing experiences in oh, a okay. succession of cities within South Spain. Right. And yeah, each that. house is basically more crazy than the previous house. So he's moving into into a house. He encounters... Um, I don't. I don't know how much to give away at this point. How much you'd like me to give away? But uh, every give, house give he goes to, give it all away. I reckon everything. Give, give everything away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the first house he goes to is basically like a society of of like Harley Davidson, like a Harley Davidson gang. Um, and yeah. he he like a clubhouse. He, he gets in just yeah. It was super cheap. He was wondering why. He saw it on the on the internet. Turns up. Uh, there's a lovely woman at the door who basically accepts him uh, as a tenant because she likes him, he likes her. And then after a couple of days, he realizes it's actually the uh, enclave of, of a kind of like Harley Davidson sort of metal bike gang. So that's that. And then the 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 kind of craziness that ensues for that from that is is quite interesting. Then he he doesn't last long there. He doesn't mm -hmm. really fit in. He feels um, so he moves on to the next house. And this one is, uh, it's basically a, like a dysfunctional gypsy family, um, mm -hmm. of which there are quite a few in Spain, um, <laughs> but they're lovely. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a comedy. There's, there's a lot of opportunity with this idea to kind of include lots of sort of sub stories that are quite funny. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, cool. and then, and it's quite a scalable idea, which I like. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can go to as many houses as he, as he likes yeah, and that of kind of formulates the adventure. Um, also, the traveling aspect it will connect with him, won't it? Because he's traveling himself. So the travelers yeah. that, you know, they, they almost could for a brief moment find that sort of kinship. They have some similarities and then they have some differences. Exactly. Exa and I really like what you said there because it, it kind of, you know, it relates to that sort of coming of age, uplifting, feel good type of, yeah. uh, type of yeah. movie of someone kind of, you know, not only maturing, but we can add comedy around it. We can add adventure mm -hmm. around it. And because it's set in, in Spain, I, I was kind of keen on having a sort of more alternative cast, uh, mm -hmm. predominantly to give lesser known actors like the opportunity to, to shine, um, and give them a chance, you know, career wise. But mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking, you know, in terms of actors, almost like a, a 
Latino version of a kind of like Michael Sarah sort of thing. That's what where I'm going yeah, with that. Okay. You know, he's, yeah. you could see Michael Sarah do that if it was like a, a US based. Yeah, he has a sort of awkward confidence, doesn't he? He's sort of confident, but he's he's not comfortable. It's a very unusual mix, but yeah, I can see that totally in someone who is sort of going from place to place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I I don't, unfortunately, I don't know enough about the the industry to come up with too many names, but um, one, a couple of names I could think of, uh, almost like a younger version of uh, Michael Pena, Mm -hmm. um, who's an actor who's been in quite a lot of comedies, yeah and michael pena he although he's been in he's considered a good actor and he's been in a lot of movies he's only actually kind of headlined one movie mm. quite a few years ago so this could be a chance to give him the, the spotlight that he deserves sort of thing um, he's a really sensitive actor and he really genuinely he's, he's a little bit like like nick cage is another one like you just think they just come up and do their thing and like they're sort of yeah. light and funny and but actually they really put real thought into the philosophy of their characters and and get under exactly. the skin of their characters so like michael pena he's a when you see him interviewed um i watched him do like a career retrospective he's a really genuinely thoughtful actor you know he doesn't take the roles lightly and he doesn't take his choices within the roles lightly so yeah i love that yeah. as a yeah it's sort of like if you could find someone with that spark but but younger yeah i can totally buy that as a as, as a lead yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially because he's he's quite diverse as an act in terms of mm. the roles that he can play. He can play serious roles. He can play you know comedic roles. Mm. And yeah. I personally feel you know he uh, maybe he's gone under the radar a little bit. But yeah, um, definitely. I think it would be yeah. a nice fit for this. So after playing one of the three wombats, which is probably the best bit in the entire of Ant Man, and I, like I'm I'm holding that out on that. <laughs> but that that scene, his his description scenes in Ant Man are probably the best yeah. thing in it. Yeah. Maybe up there in the entire Marvel pantheon, maybe as yeah. in terms of scenes, I'm going to go out there and say it. Is that where he's like over-explaining a situation when he doesn't <laughs> yeah. need to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, and, yeah and, but, as, but yeah. Sean, as you were saying, like I watched the interview where he says he based that character off of like a wannabe like friend of his that was like like a shit gangbanger, who was like trying to be like a gangbanger, <laughs> yeah. but was but and that and but I see what you mean by that. He sort of does that thoughtful process behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that's kind of the crux of it. And then along the way, along the adventure, how many houses he moves into, you know, is is uh, is 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 an option. Maybe three to five as part of this movie plot. He mm-hmm. he encounters love along the way. He encounters solitude. Um, he encounters that constant battle of him trying to fit in to places he goes to. But because he's going into these dysfunctional places through sheer unlucky random coincidence um you know it does have its its really funny side but there is a there could be an underlying message there as well that uh viewers could interpret Mm, mm. so i it's interesting that i sort of see this as what i what i would like to see and i think this is i'd definitely be doing too many of these with sean because i feel like this is the question that he would ask (laughs) whether you'd want to see but I like to think that he would learn something from each house that he went to, right? So al- mm. although you said they are dysfunctional, like they seem dysfunctional on the outside. So yes, he ends up living in a chapter house with a bunch of Harley Davidson bikers, right? But they are like a f- they are a family. They all stick up for each other. It's like I know that you. I know that you're 
running away from or you're moving out from away from your parents but like my parents are over there and there's like two old bikers like still like in the leathers like still riding hard <laughs> or like in the sidecar together and he's like i go everywhere with my parents i couldn't imagine a life without them and he mm. goes to the travelers and they're like you know we we get we get a, you know people call us gypsies but we're not like that you know we share we like love we have stories you know we're not magic there's not gypsy so it's like <laughs> i like the idea of that as him him leaving that his world and although he's done education everything like that he learns something from each house that he's in yeah abs- absolutely i think that would fit in really well because the it, you know, if, if if it's a coming of age type of movie, mm. I think that really plays in quite nicely. Yeah. It sort of reminded me of all of the people that he meets in um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, how he like mm. meets all the different people and yeah. they all sort of teach him something. That's my that's the vibe I got. And maybe that's also because I love Fincher, but that's the vibe I got like when you were describing when it, we, Spanish. When is this film? Like, is this film now or is it recorded in a previous I only say this because for some reason, me and my wife watched Sister Act last week. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What, I'm looking was, forward to seeing how this links into what we're talking about. <laughs> no, well, what, what happened was it held up really well, right. mm. is what happened. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, we watched, I watched Ghostbusters a couple of weeks ago with my little one because he'd watched the new one and wanted to watch the old one. And it, did, it didn't, in my opinion, <laughs> hold up as well as you'd want it to mm-hmm. like the the memories i have of it mm. as a the child the nostalgia held a lot of it together the nostal- yeah. yeah and also for him it really he didn't hold cuz it was too much talking yeah like in in the 80s there was loads more chat there was lots more dialogue yeah. there wasn't as much action yeah. there's only about two ghost scenes in you know slimer scene and the end scene yeah. and that's about yeah. it and and the library at the beginning yeah yeah but everything else is chat and discussion and you know, um, Bill Murray being sleazy. <laughs> and that's basically Ghostbusters. But the newer one has so much more action. And this feels like a, a more dialogue-y mm-hmm. Absolutely. thing. But but more yeah. ma- but actually feels quite mainstream. So it felt like it would be more old school era than modern era. Does that make sense? And like Sister yeah. Act held up really well, mm. but there was loads of talking in it. Yeah. And, and like loads of really great on screen Maggie Smith, Whoopi Goldberg excellent moments but just nothing really do you know what i mean yeah it wasn't i know like, what you mean well there was a there was pow, sort of pow, a, pow. like a golden age of it ironically like someone like alfonso cuaron the director uh, the, the the spanish language director um he started with these sorts of films so like spanish language films have a really great history of these kinds of films so i love that it's it's very different to what we've normally had on Slash Dupe, um, actually. Yeah. And like, so, and then what he's gone on to do, are, you know, he, he sort of used Children of Men as a stepping stone, then went into things like Gravity. Um, and so he's gone from this sort of um, intimate small filmmaking like with like Itu Mama Tambien um, and has gone up to something like Gravity. So it's quite interesting mm-hmm. that like, yeah, there was this golden age of sort of... Um, in Spanish indie, Spanish language indie film, indie cinema. I, I'm so glad you guys have said that because that's exactly what I had in my mind mm. when I was coming up with this idea. Is that it would be great to set it in a in a past Sorry. era where things were maybe a bit more liberal and, like you said, Dan. Literally, I was thinking the 80s, just where mm. things were a bit more anything more could happen, and now things are a bit more predictable and etc. And and it, it 
I would I foresee it as the kind of movie you would see in the like international film festival like Cannes yeah. or something. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's uh maybe a director that's not so well known who's trying to who's moving up in the scene and he's quite talented and he maybe doesn't have the biggest budget in the world and this story allows for him to to make good use of a low budget to make mm. a you know quite a quite a good film out of that. So yeah, yeah quite I a think you, you guys were yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So, so Andy, being a being a uh, a native Spaniard, um, <laughs> is this film in in Spanish, um, or do we get a bad dub, or what's the sort? Yeah, of... Yeah, and are you drawing from your own experiences of of Spain in in any of these elements? But we just don't know that. Uh, where where <laughs> yeah, are you drawing it's, from? It's... <laughs> it's a good question. I I'm kind of drawing it more from my university experience mm. here in here in the uk right um where i just had a series of housemates where i was like you literally couldn't write this up um and i i don't know i mean i think it kind of depends really what what the circumstance would be it could go either way you could have it um dubbed for the international audience on it there's some success with international series like on netflix like money heist etc yeah is yeah. spanish made is yeah. spanish spoken and written but you've got the english dub and it's proved pretty successful internationally mm-hmm. um and and for me it kind of d- does add that level of authenticity as well you know if you're a an international viewer you get transported to 1980 spain and that's where you are and and uh you know all these pretty funny and chaotic yeah. things can happen off i love it. it so then how are you feel like how, how are you feeling for like music soundtrack score or like how you like what what's the because i have to say that my and, I, and I've had this argument, I had this conversation with a friend of mine, actually, um, who lived in Barcelona f- uh, for a long time, and then Sidges, he lived in Sidges for a while. Um, mm. And he is in love with Spanish cinema. And due to my, the way, just my cinema education just missed, missed Spain out completely. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm really sort of, um, uh, I'm virginal in the ways of Spanish, cine- Spanish language cinema. Um, so I don't know, um, where you would go for something like a soundtrack. I, I only know a more conventional sort of Latin sound. I don't know how you feel, sure. what you would feel it should be like. I, it's, it's quite personal, but when I think of the storyline and I think of the feelings it evokes in the in the audience, I'm thinking like a, uh, almost a comical lighthearted sort of like slow, almost like a Turkish dance guitar, mm-hmm. like a, okay. you know, like the dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 you know kind of thing and we're then, gonna get a copyright strike for that that was too good you probably will yeah i think the i felt will... like i was there <laughs> yeah yeah the recognition software's picked that up straight <laughs> yeah. away uh but yeah it's just some light-hearted like almost like romany gypsy sort of uh light background i get you music yeah. you know the, the mm. turkish kind of uh like it could build in each time he goes to a new place the music has yeah. another layer so he is almost the music, right? That gets layered upon every time he goes to a new place. He is also laid, and another thing is laid upon him. So by the end exactly. of it, it's a full-blown, you know, sort of a piece of you know Turkish-inspired music. Where at first it's just a layer or, or two. Yeah, yeah, it could exactly, and and also, I mean, another thought I had for this is we actually don't need a lot of music for this kind of storyline. Mm. Um, you know, you almost want the because of the storyline you kind of want the script to sort of uh talk for itself mm. excuse the pun and and have people focus more on the script and mm. that you know but but you, you, Do you definitely want it to feel sort of diegetic music. so like the odd radio in the background or you know sort of 
someone someone playing on the porch. So it's so it feels like it's mm. not um, layered on, but but it is part of what's going on. Does that make sense? Exactly. Like, Just to add to the atmosphere of of a particular mm, yeah. situation. Clearly, when when he's uh, when this person is uh, Milano is in the metal uh, bike riding enclave mm-hmm. uh, house. You know they depending on the crazy scenes that come up thereafter you could have a bit of even like just comical heavy metal going on in the background you know we're maybe talking a 10 15 30 second scene mm. uh mm. and then that just disappears and and it just keeps the maybe the audience guessing as to what what might happen next mm. so um so how would um Mileno get get from place to place i don't know what it's like traveling in the south of spain i don't know what this sort of person how he would get from house to house uh, or mm. abode to abode and 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 any other where else do you, have you got in mind that he would go where are some interesting places that he could end up apart from uh, the clubhouse and the caravan uh, park and sure so sure so uh, the the main kind of form of transport especially in that era and who he is would probably be by coach uh, from city to city right um and and it, this storyline uh i like its flexibility in that sense as well because you know they could go anywhere uh they could go along cities in the kind of more rural cultural regions mm-hmm. that are kind of more out of the way where the people have had less exposure to um it, let's say uh the rest the of the planet sort of. and yeah. you, you might have people <laughs> yeah. that are a little bit odd and a little bit str- the kind of quirky village people you might find in the middle yeah. of the british yeah. countryside you know you could compare it to to that i always find you know like um where we love to find places on holiday to go we love to go in europe and we love to find a cottage that's close to like a small town and nobody speaks english and we just turn up there and we're weird tourists for a week and then we go so i almost like the idea that when he goes to like a sort of provincial small town somewhere he actually bumps into some foreign tourists and maybe the language because it could be from another place could and maybe the language doesn't connect but because they're both outsiders in this village despite it being in his native country they they have a little adventure he stays maybe in their airbnb somewhere and you know as as tourists as they you know exactly, as they yeah. also are yeah. you know something like that yeah, yeah. Especially if the maybe if the director's trying to aim at a particular audience from a particular region, maybe you know that you could incorporate that, and the the tourists yeah. are from the region that he's, you know, maybe a group of American or or English yeah, tourists. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm. Provide um, like a cultural reference point, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can say a lot with that, just with that sort of microcosm on its own. Let alone all of the different places you're going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I um, exactly. but yeah, and I think like Europe, Europe is very good at making other Europeans look like themselves. Cause I was, I was laughing at like, um, I've been watching a lot of foreign films recently um, and any foreign, fo- obviously, but not Spanish language at the moment, um, mm. any foreign film with an English person in it or, or a Westerner or like an American. And I'm particularly looking at like, I, I watched Lagan again the other day. Um, it's, they're sort of so comical and over the top villains. You sort of wonder like, <laughs> oh my God, were we portraying other nations like this? Is this what, they, what they think that we think they're like and it's just yeah, it's, yeah. but yeah. I think like yeah if you, if you sort of treat it with with the sort of consummate respect that you would get in this kind of film you can get like a really good interplay between even if they don't speak the language yeah so so yeah, yeah. Andy what so how does it end or, or what what is uh, have you got is there more to this story is that have you got anything else to give us and how does it um, how does it sort of draw to the yeah, sure. So I think I think this for me, the film is more about the journey rather than the destination. Yeah. But um, at the end, 
um, you know, I would like to, in the spirit of the of the, the the kind of mood and tone of the movie, you know, it would be nice for him to find a place where he can, um, you know, it shows him evolving from one stage of his life to the next. So the movie is one particular stage of his life, which is the adventurous, anything can happen today kind of stage. Mm. And then near the end, you know, he meets people on the way. Um, he ends up falling in love and, and maybe that can be the, the next stage of, of, uh, of his story, which, which is after the movie's finished where, you yeah. know, he maybe settles down, gets a job with the person that he met along one of these, uh, crazy places yeah and and who like like you said earlier the he, they can the people that he meets along the way like ryan said not only can they help him almost shape who who he is but they can maybe can build some deep bonds with some of these mm. uh, at first strange crazy people along the way that might be you know um loyal to him in ways that we might not know until we uh we tune in and watch the movie That was, uh, we had a fantastic idea from, from Andy, personal, um, but also echoed back to a, a different era of, um, of Spanish language cinema. Uh, I'm looking forward to Ryan. So you've, you've had some time to prepare, which is unlike you, you're normally the dupe. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm, I expect you to have an idea that's, that's 14 times or some, some significant amount of times better than your usual ideas. So please give us your um, idea for the title, Mole. Absolutely. So I was looking into what a mole is, aside from a, a fairy creature or a thing with a weird thing with a nose. Um, you know, there's loads of other different versions of it. But I sort of found an interesting, I guess, articulation of the word mole mm -hmm. that can also potentially have a couple of meanings, right? So I looked at, like, if you sort of said it quite quickly, mole, 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 doesn't have a lot of meaning, but my mole doesn't have an E at the end of it. It has an L. So it's mole, like if you took the Y off of Molly, mm -hmm. mole. Mm -hmm. And a mole is a gangster's wife. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I, I looked, I looked into, there are some incredible incredible names of uh of they were also called gun moles right like for gangster moles some amazing names for some of them right one of them one woman was called opal mac truck long <laughs> great yes. what, what a name yes um buddha buddha goodman it's another buddha good, goodman you know, that's a name buddha goodman it? yeah ob obviously very well known very well known gun mole was bonnie parker from bonnie and clyde mm-hmm Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's there's some, been some interesting wives of gangsters. And I thought I would love to do something like that. I'd love to do have one. Um, have what? Have a gangster <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to have a gangster kind of be wife, awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I've met you know, your wife. Bear in mind, she's a gangster. Slash Street fans, Ryan is still single. Way. As of the recording of this episode, Ryan is still single. So, you know, hit us up <laughs> on the socials. But I was so I thought that that could be what I wanted to go down. However, I did want to stick true to the fact that it's spelled mole, like, uh, with an E. So, mm. after the success of series such as Narcos, The Wire, um, I want something that sort of follows in this gangster aesthetic. So, it would look and sort of feel like 
your 1920s, 1930s gangsters, Mm -hmm. but it would be set in the modern era. Okay. And I'm thinking Netflix, Amazon Prime sort of series, 12 episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Go pushing the boat out. Yeah. It's a couple of the monthly episode stuff. Right. And and, and and I'll tell you what, yeah, because you need to get a couple of those feeder episodes in the middle, don't you? To get those ones, right? But I think it will, I'd love, and I'm going to start you off with the, the trailer. I want the trailer to basically only show like the high life of what this mole is living like rooms full of like louis bouton shoes and Mm -hmm. like you know having like tennis lessons on like the most amazing grounds and like drinking wine and these beautiful dresses and all this like this high you know and the voiceover would be like i can you know i can give you everything you want like you can have everything you need and it's this like beautiful thing and then the last thing you see in the trailer is um the mole who i've picked as zendaya to play good cast good cast. good cast mm-hmm. uh the last thing you see her with is like is a glock and that's it and that's it that's where that's is it, you get is it placing a garter belt or whatever classic mole behavior she's is just like, sort of no? like she's just like holding it she's just like holding the glock sort of like you know that the scene in um goodfellas where she's holding the gun and she's like it kind of turns me on and she like shoves ah, it in the milk okay. crate or whatever didn't she like that sort of thing so she's like just holding just holding glock and you're like okay cool and then the beginning of this series is you see her sitting on a veranda with her mob boss husband, John Krasinski. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah. if this is set in a modern era, I feel like John Krasinski hasn't had the the chance to turn yeah, on a dime. Man. Like he's played a couple of like army roles. He's played a couple of like hard man roles, but he's not played a sort of... Even Jack Ryan was an analyst though. You know, yeah. and like his, he was the sensitive soldier in the, the 13 soldiers of, of Benghazi, right? Yeah. So so I sort of want him to be this this like criminal mastermind who is like who obviously is well into his tenure as a as a as a mob boss, shall we say? Or it doesn't even have to be the mob, just a criminal, just a, a gangster boss. Right. Um, he's well in his way in his tenure. So obviously all the people who like do stuff for him are the the lower the lower rankers the other the mooks shall we say yes right he still gets mooks. all the mooks to do everything for him but you know he's in like this position of power he's smart he knows if if the accountant wasn't so shit i would have said um ben affleck but like you know how he's do you know what of... he's already done he he directed himself in a film where nobody exactly. remembers as a gangster and, and i think <laughs> i think it's called live by night or they live by night or something like that but that sort of that idea yeah. of, of being quite stoic but then awful when it comes to it. Oh, because so the idea of them like casting. Yeah. So I just like love them just like sitting on the veranda, like playing like playing like cards or whatever. And they're both really like loved up with each other. And then he sort of like leans over the veranda and then there's like three people getting drowned in his pool. <laughs> and he's just like you, he's like, Are you guys finished yet? And then they like don't get the thingy and then they it turns out like they're using the pool cleaning vans to like um like hide people bodies in the chlorine and like dissolve them and shit like that mm-hmm. and then she's like great i'm gonna have to get the pool cleaned out aren't i <laughs> and so things like that maybe he started as like a pool cleaner as well you know like that's his that he started literally as a pool cleaner for like an old mob boss it would be and he usurped be, his power from that it, position he started you know? as a as a cleaner yeah i think is yeah. that's where he started and then he started to get like because he was at the scenes of all the crimes he started to get that but i love i love the idea of this being and you know she's like loving this life she's loving this life as a gang as, as a gangster's wife didn't mean for that to rhyme but sounds great anyway um 
Uh, in fact, that that's that could be my tagline, just because it rhymes. <laughs> love, 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 and life as a gangster's wife. But the, you know, and she's like, she's going around doing the stuff. She's got, a, she's got a pen pal that she's got from from college, and she's writing all, she's writing them these letters. And then on the flip side of that, you would have the polar opposite of a a high life. This like greasy stakeout van with. Riz Ahmed playing this cop who would because he loves doing American accents now for some reason he doesn't does, he does doesn't he yeah. I don't know why but he loves doing American accents but like they're not uh, great maybe either he wants, maybe they're he not terrible but they're not great yeah. maybe he wants to distance himself <laughs> from Fort Lyons as much as possible because he's like he doesn't want to be pe- typecast as a terrorist so like he'll just uh, he'll just um, he'll do the American accents but I love yeah. the him being this like cop trying to investigate on like the vice side of it try to investigate John Krasinski and everything like that. So I find it interesting that like the first four, I'd say the first four episodes of her about her life, about what it's like to be in the mob. You know, you see John Krasinski literally crack a couple of skulls and then it, and like Rizam is getting closer and closer and closer. And then he like goes to like meet somebody and it turns out that he's meeting Zendaya Mm -hmm. and actually she's been a mole planted in the mob family mm-hmm. and then that's like that's like the last you know and that's why you see it with the glock because it's like police issue pistol interesting and so yeah and that's and like and the pen pal that she's been writing to that's from college is the informant oh, is how she's getting and the, information and that's the code and she's like writing really in a cipher actually. and it's like yeah. nice and then you find out that basically so then like this is from episode five now right this is where we've jumped to they're going, she is recruited out of high school mm-hmm. to enter into this program. So she goes, so she gets, I, I don't know exactly how, but they they basically take, send her to college to study acting. So obviously that's why she can have a cover, but then also they're training her in like espionage and like counterterrorism and things like that. So she's sort of like going to a college. So if, if then like when the mob bosses like do the background research on her, they can see that she went to college. Nothing looks weird. You know, that's why she's an actress. So she can actually get away with playing the role of like being quite poker faced when it comes to being the boss's wife. Mm-hmm. The pen pal that she always sends messages to is someone that's planted at the university. So that checks out. So it's like this whole big thing of like trying to get into this family. And um, like a mole and like a, a molly and those are that's a term for like basically for like a prostitute right for like a gangster's what it was sort of made nice into a gangster's wife but it comes from uh, even like in um, Australia it's considered like a, a term for a, a loose woman mm-hmm. shall we say but yeah so it's sort of um, a euphemism for like a prostitute or a whore mm-hmm. according to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. so i think that's probably like that's how he has to try and figure out his way to get into the family like they have to sort of dollar up while she's in college and you know she's working at some like diner trying to be an actress or whatever like they have all the backstory for her and then it's her like training and trying to get into the mob trying to get john krasinski to fall in love with her like finding out about his cleaning part you know he's this really quick mover in the mob in the mob scene and they don't know why and people are afraid of him and they don't know why because he's he was just a cleaner right but and then you find out about him like having dirt on all of the families and actually just having the balls to be like i you know i've cleaned up all your dead bodies i'm the one that i'm the person that knows that 
you took the hit out on the Yakuza and if they found out about it, then your entire, they know exactly where you are, the entire operation or, you know, and so that's like how he rises so quickly in the, in this empire. So he doesn't have to be the person that's like the muscle or anything like that. He's like the smarts. He's played the game of chess. Um, I don't know if we've said it before in this, but I think the, one of the best things about Civil War, the Marvel Civil War, is that the person that does the most damage to superheroes is just a normal person, mm. a person without any superpowers whatsoever. And that is sort of quite interesting. You don't have to be this bruiser to be able to make moves and to make things work. You just need to be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I like the idea of this. And so that's where that's sort of then it then it's now it's like after we've had those sort of as i said this is why it's a 12 part series right because you get four episodes five to eight are the sort of the the jumping around the backstory they're like how she met him and then from like nine to 12 that's when like the cracks start to show that's when they're like okay we need to move on the we need to move on this guy now and then obviously when it gets like a season two will be like them at the end of season one, it's them like raiding the place, like her giving the go ahead to raid the place. But maybe does she like tip Krasinski off to get him out of there because she, because she actually has fallen in love with him or is like the tip to get him out there because it's part Mm -hmm. of an even bigger play. And that's obviously Mm -hmm. what happens if season two comes in. That's what the writers have to figure out for that. So that is my, that is my quite detailed pitch for mole, 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 molly, molly, mole, molly, molly, mole. Molly Mole. I've got yeah. a question, Ryan. Molly Molly. Sure. Uh, it, it, what's the kind of tone that you'd like to set for this series? Is it is it slightly darker, like a Donny Brasco-esque mm. thing? Or is it a bit more like family viewing, like almost like the Blacklist? No, um, it is. It's. I think it's got quite a... My, the, what I've written down is like, I want it to have the aesthetics of like a gangster like a 1920s gangster film but be set in the modern days so you have that sort of like large heavy wooden sort of styles of um interiors of housing and her dresses are all quite glamorous and they're in suits but they're like they're not driving a cadillac you know he's in like a a fleet of range rovers and stuff like that so i do sort of i see it being quite dark i sort of see it being kind of like narc if you've ever seen that that was quite an interesting like mm. dark film um mm. and film. Yeah. training day as well has sort of is very gritty so i i i like the idea of it, it for the eyes it's this beautiful sort of like surreal one percenter lifestyle and design but there's like it's all built around this seedy underbelly of mm. like yeah, um, yeah. A bit American uh, yeah, gangster, of, of a bit of the flavour of American yeah. gangster. Mm. Yeah, and what was the, uh, what was the the series with the on Sky with the cops? That's there's, there's so, so many, many of them. Blue Blue Bloods. No, 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 no. With like um, Woody Harrelson and what's his name? And then, and then the second season was oh, True Detective. True Detective. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That is the. Okay. That is the kind of I think once you modern get to gothic episode, you're looking for like, like not that was almost like a retro gothic, but you're looking for a sort of modern. Yeah, gothic I think aesthetic. once you get once you get to episode five, the tone shifts because then right. it because then it that's when we know that's right? when we know that she's actually a mole, mm. and then you learn about all of the stuff, and it sort of flits between this high flying, beautiful looking thing mm-hmm. to sort of quite d- 
dingy police work. I'm feeling like the, the departed vibes as well. Yeah. So would we get like, Martin Scorsese to do it though? Because he hasn't done. I know do, he did the Irishman. He'd do episode obviously. one, I think, wouldn't he? Well, this might be the one where he goes, like, I'll I'll shoot twelve hours of this, like, and I don't know if he's done that yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't. I know, like. I, I think he's dipped his toe in the Irishman, but I don't think he's done a TV series like this. But this could be the one, right? It's like all of his gangster films rolled into one. It, and it's like, I think we could get him on board for this, you see. That's the thing. We get him on board. <laughs> it's got this, this sort of departed meets Goodfellas flavour. He'd absolutely eat mm. it up. And, I, and, 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 and so I guess what, what I would ask you spinning off of that is um, a lot of these things, they're, they're sort of like gangster movies vietnam war movies like a lot of these types of movies they uh, they uh, they they live and die on their soundtrack so like mm. would you give it and even american gangster had an absolutely fantastic score and like so so how what's the what's the oral scape if you will what are we what are we hearing when we see this thing because i can see absolutely what you're saying to me I can see it i can't hear it what we, what are you thinking so the I think the interesting thing with being in the in the gangster house, I love the. There's a certain sort of um, juxtaposition of like the huge houses with no noise, like when you hear high heels walking through like a hallway, mm. and you can like you know you because the idea is they want peace, and so you have peace, and you don't have music like pumping i mean like i know like i can't i can't even make a sandwich without listening to like five seconds of a podcast <laughs> or whatever like you know i want that sort of music around me but i like the idea of it being quite open and vacant and that subsequently makes it quite tense but you don't know why because you're in a beautiful location and then i think definitely the the sort of in terms of the soundtracks and the musics once you start to move into the more like dingy life of Riz Ahmed as a police officer trying to figure this as a vice detective trying to figure this out you know you I think you you have that um I think I, I don't know if it would particularly be sort of music but you it would almost then switch to being quite claustrophobic like a lot of noise a lot of sort of like cubicles atmospheric kind of noise I think it's more yeah but like Dan, you might be able to help me out in this, but sort of like almost like atmospheric, but in like a minor key. So it's just sort of like atmospheric in a minor key. I've had commissions. That's a lot of detail, isn't I it? As a director, I'd be like, that's, yeah, that's, I find it, that's too much. That's yeah, too, too much. much anything. Anything. Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting that both of you have said, like, I don't want any music, like, I'll, I'll, because I think music gets in the way. Mm. And, and I'm not entirely sure that's true. Okay. Like um, so, I think a lot of the, the 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 shows or films that you have watched that you're like, well, this is great because it's all dialogue and there's no music yeah. in it. I dare you go back and listen to it and see if there's actually music that's a, in that's it. That's a fair because point. Because most of the time, all the music does is amplify mm. what's going on. On like they they we I did this module um for my degree where we watched all of like the the 10 greatest film scenes like jaws or whatever and we watched them mm. all and then we watched them all again without the music behind them <laughs> and it's amazing how shit mm. a fin <laughs> going through the sea with no music is right <laughs> you'd think it was tense you think those um footsteps going down the hallway without sound is tense 
but it's only tense if you've had 25 minutes of music. Mm. So I, the I absence yeah. of music suddenly yeah. becomes, right? I, so you've got to have that beat. And, and actually that you, even that, if you've got the sort of the with the underneath where you've dropped it down, knowing that it's going to build that tension. Yeah. Um, Michael Caine famously says that, doesn't he? When, he? when he's like, when I get a close up, what are you doing? He just says, I just look down the barrel of the music and ask him to tell me what music's playing. That's it. The because he says the, the music will do the work. Yeah. Barrel of the lens, sorry, yeah, it looks straight down the barrel of the lens and just lets the music do the job. And and because he's doing, he's thinking his character, mm. but the music is telling the audience what the character's thinking. Um, so I, I, I just find that really interesting. It's what? not like a, any sort of slight on it. It's just really interesting. No, yeah, I think it's a fair point. I didn't really want to, like, I don't want to like, have cliches in music, but then I don't want something that's going to completely unfit it. So, like, I think the cliche in music in a gangster films are either classical or like blues mm -hmm. or like um, s sort of yeah, that sort of like it sort of sticks to the. It has a feel of the. Can I underground? Can I propose sort of something style? then? Because I think what you're doing with this is it's very interesting. It's obviously there. There are elements of the. Or female empowerment there's also elements of like being a sort of lieutenant a second in command there's mm. she'll be this is a person that will spend probably half the time in the house and half the time out by by his side um they'll have maids and other things so so there won't be any sort of homemaking responsibilities on her as a gangster's wife but you would have these the in the same way that looper um he created you know the soundtrack through using lots of um sort of organic materials, pieces of metal and other things. He used a lot of things to create the soundtrack. You could have a soundtrack that's created from um, the, the fan of a, of a home computer or the sound of the heating in the house. You could find an atmospheric that comes out of the building that, that they're in, which has the pool, you know, which has the gangster activities going around it. You know, if you make the building um, a character and you make all the little sounds you hear, you know, like, if, like, for example, a good example is like survival horror video games. Like the soundtrack for some of the Resident Evil games and some of the Dead Space games sound like door slamming. And you're like, that's not, but you know, like, where's that fucking door coming from? And you're like, oh no, it's just the soundtrack. It's the soundtrack. Mm. But it mimics these mm. things so that you think there's other things going on, you know, in her head, above her, below her, things in the basement, things yeah. in the attic. And the music does help you set a whole bunch of scenes. Like if you want, if you want an era, you, you can spend 25 minutes establishing that with dialogue and costume and whatever, or you can play 10 seconds worth of music from that era and everyone's like, okay, we're in yeah. 1950s or 1950s. I really like the idea. I sort of love the idea maybe of, I have because maybe I've never seen this, is the idea of there being like a lot of punk music when it comes to the police. Because that's, again, that's a massive thing, right? Because a lot of punk is generally quite anti-establishment. Mm -hmm. But the idea of it just being a wall of noise. Well, if Riz Ahmed's um, department were like a sort of punky department of the police where they were sort of like mm -hmm. given free reign and given this sort of, they're put there because they, no one thinks they can win, you know, then you can really, br you can really bit, bring that up. The you show Riz Ahmed like... at a punk concert at the start. That's your introduction to him. Yeah. And then somebody calls him out and he goes to the smoking area and they're like, officer, we need you to come in because, you know, this thing's happened and blah, blah, blah. You know, You'd, I don't know. It's just that's how you can bring this sort of stuff into the yeah. and blend, as Dan was saying, sort of bring the music. And it doesn't even them. need to be music that we recognise. Although I've, I've not really stopped thinking about the Umbrella Academy and the musical supervision that went into that like the the choice of song at each point when it's needed in the umbrella academy is 
so on point. It's I'm so gonna have good. To You've talked about it more times than I, just, I could. I'm yeah, comfortable with not seeing sure. it yet. The set, but the soundtrack I could listen to alone. Like there's there's such great choices of music. I'm, right, I'm writing it down right um, now. From, from all I the think, way around. Do you know what? There's just a lot of tat out there on streaming services. So you really need a few recommendations, don't you? So so you're I saying think, yeah? Oh. Go on, go on, Andy. I know. I just think that your average person. Um, I would I would go as far as to say doesn't even notice the music. It kind of no. just adds to their perception of mm. the movie as they're watching it. But Correct. You, you guys... If you took it away, yeah. they'd know. Yeah, exactly, that's the thing yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly. It's voodoo, isn't it? You've got to make sure that the, the music is <laughs> doing magic. exactly what you yeah, want. Yeah. But not, too, yeah, but not too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting so, you say uh, that, actually. So that's probably why, why I said that before, that maybe no yeah, music again, is... Yeah, again, like I say, no slight. Yeah. It's exactly what you're thinking, is yeah. that you don't yeah. want you don't want the music to be obvious. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you get a good music supervisor, don't you? And and, and and all of the roles that go into the sound, you know, the mixers, the engineers, you know, the, everything. Um, it reminds me, because I just recently watched Justice League, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, The League of Justice. And um, it's... I, I, that is the, that oh, is the gold standard of... Of the of the objectively the wrong piece of music to add to basically every scene. Yeah, and like yep. and and I can't oh, even. Got to watch and it. this is like the fifth time he's done it. Like he's he, he's not got any. Di- like if you watch Batman v Superman, Sucker Punch. If you watch all the films he's ever done, he cannot pick a, sa- a music to save his life. He's like tone deaf for what piece of music matches. And I would go as far as to say now I I obviously it's an objectively better film. We could probably fill an entire ten podcasts with with an analysis of a four hour, you know, rehash of that movie. But um, weirdly, the only thing I liked from the original cut of Justice League was the piece of music at the start that either the studios or Joss Whedon put in in that intro where Superman's missing. I'm like, that is is as them that's them doing Zack Snyder better than Zack Snyder. But anyway, I just wanted to put that forward that that that's the if you want an example of the complete polar opposite of what Dan is talking about. You only need look as far as as Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, t- as, are you there, right? I thought you'd frozen. Well, I mean, I I don't know whether that's where we want to. Well, stop I don't that feel like we whether. should end your pitch on Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't feel Zack I don't Snyder's feel like Justice it does you a disservice League. and your idea a disservice. <laughs> okay, give me give me like uh, give me the marketing question. Yes. No. 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 That's no. You're right. It's a good question to ask. Um, so. Right, like I took us on a tangent around from music, <laughs> but you know, earworms and sort of felt like that. Yeah. In terms of marketing, um, so what would go with your trailer? You know, what's going to be your your oral earworm, uh, but also like, what does it look like? I what's think the visuals. What's there? I I think it it will be one of those ones that doesn't it doesn't particularly get like I think those Netflix and Amazon's don't have a lot of they have a lot of cookie trailering, don't they? So you're sort of, you're going off of the back of like Krasinski being a nice guy into sort of like seeing him quite, uh, I wouldn't say haggard, but sort of like suspiciously knowing, you know, you sort of will have him in the sidebars of IMDB or or whatever you will, like his sort of face and Zendaya's face. Um, And I think the trailer, the trailer will end. And I think this is a really interesting line for the film to be, but it would just be like, because obviously it would say mole, mm. and then um, the sort of the log line is, "All I ask is that you trust me." Nice, that's good. And nice. if you've got a poster for it, if you've got a poster for us, 
classic, classic Not bunch of faces. Back. Don't go Star the old Wars. Back to, you love the Star Wars back. bunch of faces, mate. That's that's what it would the be. The old classic, the good fellas, bunch of faces. Bunch of faces. <laughs> but then you want what I tell you what you want to do. You, you want to what is it's about um Zendaya's mole character, essentially. So you want to have but something. I don't in want that. any of the marketing to give away that she is a no, mole. No, I don't and I and, and I no. and I like do that you, very much, but she should definitely take prominence in the in the here's, you know, here's, yeah, here's the what front. I find okay, mm-hmm. here's what I would love to do, right? And this is I feel like this is a Zack Snyder thing. I want it to say <sighs> I don't I don't mole, like how this is heading. Yeah. Right? I want the whole thing. On IMDb, on Amazon, Netflix, wherever it is, I want it to be Mole until episode four. And then the two L's will like turn sideways into an E Ooh. and it'll say Mole. And then the and then all of the branding, all of the stuff Marketing's of Netflix, gonna hate you for that, but everything yeah. changes. <laughs> Love it. But Love that it. that's what it would like, I like that. it would be. And you might get like because obviously it's gonna be massive because I came up with the idea. Um, and we've got, you know, we've got some big names on board, and, and yeah, yeah, Scorsese's um, on board, and Scorsese's directing all of it, so you know, you so get all of that. So, fine, so fine. it'll be like a whole thing where it's like, yeah, the, the, they'll make like a big deal out of the change, and then they'll have like a, a four week break. So Screen Rant can be like, oh, the ten top ten things you didn't know about the ending of 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 Mole, and it's now changing its name to Mole because of what's going to happen in the second part of the season, and yeah, that's definitely. Sounds like a big blockbuster kind of budget for. for oh yeah, of course. Like you know, yeah. we we mate, look at the Irish Yeah, right? that was mm-hmm. like well over a hundred million dollars for that. So yeah. yeah, look at that. So crazy, you know, crazy money. There it is, mole into mole. All you have to do is trust me. <laughs> yeah. And over the money, please. <laughs> So we heard uh, a robust idea from Ryan, very timely, a lot of um, complex and interesting um, modern themes in a a classic setting uh, from uh, from Ryan's idea from the title Mole. Uh, But at this point in the middle of the uh, episode, I think it's worth reminding everybody what happens at the end of the episode uh, when I pick a winner and what happens to that winner. So Dan, take it take us away. Let us know what happens to the uh to the winner of today's episode. Well, we're just coming up to the end of this segment, mm-hmm. this quarter of this season. So there will have been six winners in a row by the end of this mm-hmm. one, and those six are going to go into an adjudicator heat. Mm-hmm. We've already had two of those. Um and they will take those six down to one whoever our wonderful adjudicators are. And at the end of our season, we'll have four quarters, which will mean we'll have four winners from the adjudicator rounds. And then we're going to have two wild cards, one at least of which will be chosen by you, the listener, um, to our podcast. And those final six will go into a final final. And then there can be only one mm-hmm. of which we will make into a trailer. Mm-hmm. Highlander star. Yes, mm-hmm. it probably will be like us making it into trailer will probably be basically Highlander. It's, it'll be that high stakes, that messy, that rural and, and weird, and yeah. And someone will have their head yeah. chopped off. Yeah, it'll be me. <laughs> I'm expecting. Um, we're very excited yes. about that, um, and that's coming up uh, very very soon. That, that where we're going to take those six and, and boil it into one winner for the for the heat. So um, Ryan. 
Uh, okay, I'm used to saying Ryan so much. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean that's that's brilliant. That's what happens when you switch when you switch I the know. Jeep over. I'm just so used to it. <laughs> Dan, you've um, you've had yes. the wonderful experience now uh, that Ryan is is used to most weeks, and, and after you're finished, you yes. can definitely let us know whether it was better, worse, worth it. I'm not I'm not sure. I've not been put in that position, and I never will be. Um, but what do you um, what do you feel? How do you feel about being dupe? Have you come up with any ideas? Like Ryan, would you give us a rundown uh, of a few different look, ideas? I, I've got a, I've got big boots to yeah. fill with Ryan. He you know he always does this. Seems to participate actively within the session while still mm -hmm. uh, coming up with not one but many ideas so in sort of homage to Ryan's dupe I've come up with three ideas um, of which I think there's one that I'm going to go with I'm quite interested in interestingly enough Andy I was just saying to the others uh, a bit earlier that when I heard Mole the first thing that jumped into my head was Mole yeah Mole oh That's really Mole. and yeah, I was like, that's weird. That's weird. Like, that is weird. Yeah. I guess it's just because the training now is to never go with what the word actually <laughs> means because, you know. You always try to um, not be mainstream. Yeah. yeah that's right. And then I then what I thought is, do you know what? Everyone's going to do that. So uh, mm. so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with it, and I'm glad I did. So the first thing I thought was a good old acronym in honor mm -hmm. of Ryan again. And I thought we could go for Mission Outrageous Last Exit in like a Spaceballs version of Mission Impossible. Oh, I love it. Basically, yeah. a real hijinks, Mel Brooks style Mission Impossible. Um, but then I thought, that's it. That's, that's it, yes. isn't it? Yes. Where do we go from We're there? Yeah. <laughs> we all go home. Um, <laughs> then we'll go home. And then I thought, I thought I might try uh, an animation about a mole, an actual mole. But then the twist in this is that we see a lot of the sh of the film, and I didn't really think that this was the discussion we then have, whether it was all through the mole's point of view mm. or whether from some <clears throat> others. But the moles are, you know, historic. You know, we we think of them as partially sighted, if not completely mm. blind, right? And that the entire film would be blurry, would be actual partially sighted, mm -hmm. and we would have to live through. So it would be high, really high on the sound and the, and the atmospherics and the soundtrack would be off the charts strong. And we'd have to live the life as this mole growing up. And I quite like the idea of that, but then I didn't know where I'd go mm -hmm. with it. It feels like that's, that's for someone um, probably with more experience of that kind of thing mm -hmm. than me. Then I thought, right, a mole, a mole on the body. And that led me to, to where we okay. are. So mole is um, it's a sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And um, there has been a space station on Mars. Mm -hmm. Oh, it could be we've another won. planet because we've had a we've lot of things on already. Mars. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> I love Brilliant. it. Brilliant. Uh, space station on Mars, and it's been active for some time. And they've reported a um, an encounter, a, a discovery of a new a new substance. And three days later, the space station goes silent. Um, and so a rescue team of only two people are sent out to go and explore the space station. Um, and when they get there, they find the notes on this thing. And they found a substance, a, a small amount of a substance, which happens to be the exact SI unit of one mole 
of a new substance. So mole is the SI unit for measurement of of, of a substance. Oh, okay. It's a, a particular amount of particles. Um, and so they found a small amount, one mole of this new substance on Mars. And as as it goes on, it, it's one of these sort of sci-fi horror type thriller. Not quite. You're not quite sure what's going on. Basically, the substance anyone anyone or it turns out maybe some kind of organic substance that touches it it loses exactly one mole of its substance over the course of a day so a, a mole of it the exact same amount as the new mm -hmm. substance disappears so these humans have been dying because bits of their internal parts of their body have been disappearing so there's they find one mole of substance of their brain missing or ah, one okay. mole of their heart tissue missing or something yeah. like that um and they and the i think it's a pair of uh, a, a man and a woman that go up there and the man dies within sort of early because he's he's like the scientist that's checking the substance and he touches it and it he dies over the next course of the day from like a m missing part of his throat <laughs> yeah. or something um well, what we find later on is that they start coming back to life because those parts of the mole get replaced Ooh. with another substance, with this, mm -hmm. with something like this substance. Um, and through the, throughout the course, so that's the the the, the third the, the twist. Then she's also running away from these people and um, trying to work out what's going on all at the same time. Um, and then it turns out that actually that substance is a probe from another um, f f aliens, let's call mm -hmm. them, um, and they are taking they are taking probes like biopsies of each of these organic substances, and that that substance, the mole, is sending it to them so that they can analyze it. They're on a basically a research mission as well, and then they're replacing it. So we get this we get this alien contact through um and what we could find is maybe she's they take bits of her, but they're not vital bits of her, and then she gets slowly replaced and because she's got some of it in her that isn't in a vital organ, she can then survive the next few transplants or whatever, so she ends up becoming half alien half herself as part of this um transfer mm -hmm. that's that's what i got what I went with. Um, okay, so I guess what I would fire well, away. first I would ask how's how's it spelt the unit of of a mole? It is M M O L E. That, okay, well that's perfect because this is what I would say if I was a studio exec hearing that I'd go, hey, you know um, we've got this franchise we're trying to reboot. Um, it's been rebooted once before, but it didn't go over too well. But but it's part of our books and we want to keep the rights to it. Um, it's you know, John Carpenter did a remake of it in 1982. So, mm -hmm. and then there was another one. But I feel like we really want to get to the roots of what made that film so popular and great. You know, the one what with Kurt Russell say, and Keith you know, David in it. Um, you'd say like, what? Uh, you know, you really want to keep that that thing going, don't you? Yes, really want to keep that, that thing. thing going, exactly yes. that thing. And want, what, what, they want to capture yeah. that thing. And yeah. so, what I find fascinating is, first of all. You know, if you were to describe something that you just met on Mars, you would say it's the thing, the thing, the mm. mole, the thing is almost yeah. interchangeable. Also, mole, but having the the element of subterfuge as described in Ryan's pitch, mm. is almost mm. 
the notion of what the thing is. The thing is a mole within the, yeah. within this, that sort of in, <laughs> within Alaska or wherever they were. And also, it would show up on their bodies of the bits that replaced like yeah, a mole. Yeah, it's perfect. So I would so say let's make this meanings. like this Cloverfield style like stealth sequel. So they don't know it's a thing sequel until they watch it. You know, like let's say like um, uh, Split. So as being a stealth sequel, yeah. I don't want to give too much away. In case I know everybody's read about it, already knows about it, already, but. But I sort of love the idea of now taking this idea and like, right, how can we make it something that follows on from the thing? The, the two characters are definitely called like Kimberly and Mohammed, right? Because then when you shorten those names, it would be like Mo and Lee. <laughs> that's okay. How about Layla? Layla instead of... Yeah, that's good. Because it, it has to be like I'll, something that shortens to we'll, Lee. We'll, I've we'll give him that like and just change it Kimberly, last minute. It's fine. We can Lee. change it even like just before we start shooting. So yeah, good idea. We'll keep that in. Um, or Lee, I suppose Lee, yeah. I do, one I of them will be, be called so Carpenter. Like, Mohammed's quite... That's, Mohammed's that's just like, the way it's got to be. One of the main characters has to be called Carpenter. Um, and one of them has to be called... Um, probably the... the uh, it, I think it's Howard Hawks did the initial um, uh, black and white, the thing from beneath the sun, I can't remember what it's called, but he did the initial film. Um, to Hawks. Yeah, and um, the the book. The thing from another world. Yes, and the initial book was written by Campbell. I want to say Joseph Campbell, but that's a different. So we could have three people go up. It doesn't really matter, does it? But basically they, they drop off one mm-hmm. by one until, and I don't want it to feel like a zombie movie. So maybe they don't all come back to life. Maybe if it, someone's brain had, had a bit out and it's replaced it's not like they actually come to life it's that their body is like twitching and re- mm. resulting in it if their heart has stopped beating because of that the blood starts pumping around so their bodies are doing weird <coughs> things because the blood's actually working now, yeah but the brain is dead. yeah yeah how, you know how I mean? tense like, how tense because you said it was a sci-fi horror and i absolutely love sci-fi horror yeah. uh but what what kind of level of intensity yeah. do you want do you want this to have like in well, terms of the, I the think horror it side of things grow. so i think i think like the, they've gone quiet and everyone's a little bit worried about what's going on because they found a new thing so they're already nervous going in mm. um because you know they're being sent as sort of a, a cleaning crew to check what's going on or you know sort of a, to discover but um they're not when they get there and they 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 initially think they might have they've all died from some kind of exposure to this thing uh this mole but not not the sort of the level of what's actually happening to them so they they're be they're taking massive precautions they're just making sure that it's okay and when they find out that it's okay and it, you know they can it's not airborne it's not anything then they then they're searching for other clues as to what's going on and almost that just sets aside do you know what i mean like it's Maybe there's a few other things that a few other sort of detritus that they picked up on the way, so they're not they're not seeing this one because it's such a small amount. It's like ends up it replaced like twelve grams of carbon, so it's not it's not very much. It's a little bit. Maybe there's some other things that they found, and they they're like they're searching out whether it's these things, and it's actually maybe, it's maybe they can discover this slowly as the story goes on through their actions, as opposed mm. to what they say. So you know they're acting. The, someone's in the corner or out of the way quite suspicious mm-hmm. they're spending too much time in a the recreation room but you go yeah. there and there's not much stuff for them to to be doing mm. what they maybe yeah yeah that's got a sort of inherent creepiness to it hasn't it and just sort of yeah. strange yeah. behaviors and you're sort of not quite sure yeah. who has been affected by this thing or not i don't know if you yeah 
So I, I'm okay. I'm the one sort of forcing it to be a, a the thing sequel. Well, I don't. Know I really like. <clears throat> I really like Dan's idea of it being another alien race doing. So imagine yeah. like. So I. You know, we just sent the Mars rover, right? And it's collecting the the samples to be mm-hmm. sent back. Now imagine if we got a sample of something organic, and we were like, "Holy bajonkajink, There's a. We know we found like blood and veins, and we found a, another mm-hmm. carbon-based life form um, on this planet. But we just on scooped Mars. a bit out we, of it. We would go done. nuts if we found another yeah. carbon. So imagine mm-hmm. like a, the research team on on um, Plak Chango's. Oh, it's got to be Neptune, isn't it? Not not enough things. It's got to be Neptune. See, only since like the sixties and all the Jerry Anderson stuff and all that weird stuff. Did anyone ever go to Neptune? It, it on, I love it. Is it Neptune that yeah. it rains diamonds? Or Pluto? And they've been spending the last twenty years trying to get it off of Earth's radar. And they, they, they finally they, they, got like, it through some. Yeah, yeah, because it's they, too they small. They finally got it. Like it's not a planet anymore. We don't think of it as a planet anymore. And they've been doing some crazy propaganda to try and stop people thinking think, about Pluto. Anymore. I think on Neptune it rains diamonds. So you know, they're crystal people. That's what they are, but nice. like they, Crystal, yeah, that'd be cool seeing so. like sort of crystallized aliens. But they, but they, so they, cool they image. get this sample and it's like, oh my god, this is a carbon-based life form that we found mm-hmm. on it. I'd like, I love that being the sort of, it's not really a twist, but it's like this sort of weird, sort of like a Who Watches the Watchmen. I mean, we're just talking about Zack Snyder all the time, now, aren't we? But like, <laughs> you know, the sort of that weird thing. You know, it's what people believe yeah. about aliens is like we can't be the only life form in this in this entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. So it's like looking if there's there's is there somebody else looking for life outside of that like we are yeah I see I, I like the idea that it's sort of the the third act the final act twist is that you see the 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 alien there is an alien rather than like sort of this zombie zombie sci-fi thriller is that there's something else watching them and that there might be an, an encounter by the end which we don't know whether is you know, antagonistic or or ultimately almost like ethereal and not quite sure how it's gone. Do you mm. know what I mean? And they're left. The survivor is left on their own. It's like a survivor movie, but not really because of anything uh, sort of nasty mm. or malign, just happenstance. Like these scientists from another planet just happen to have killed... Like I mean, I guess like we do, don't we? Mm. When we test on animals, where we used to test on animals, or like find a new species, the first thing we do is grab one and cut it open. And like they're doing a similar thing, mm. um, using their using their technology. Oh, a little bit of a tangent. And Dan, I know you're sitting to a piano, but do you know what the notes from Close Encounters of the Third Kind is? <laughs> Those ones. Yeah, I, well, I guess so. Yeah. It's, it was, it's just for your own knowledge, is it, Ryan? It was just something that was. What you want just... those? Maybe those notes every time they strike it to come up, but only like throughout the entire film. So the first time <laughs> they hit it, they go, do and like later. Oh, on, is this like a do. proper deep cut Easter egg? Is it like a little well, Easter was, egg of yeah, another screen rant. Yeah. Oh, ten things you didn't know about about mole <laughs> about mole. It uses the original notes from Close Encounters. IMDb um, trivia section yeah. being updated. Well, on it, the was, it only is because, and it, it just sort of, and maybe it's the thing that links the two ideas because Sean, I cannot remember which film it is, but the obviously the dog at the beginning of the thing. Yeah, uh, is, is it, it Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Where they're like, no. Yeah, what you're thinking of is like, so there's, so there's, no, there's you're the thinking... follow up, the film they made in the 2000s that was or the 2010s or whatever, whenever that was, 
um, was actually a prequel to the thing. Um, so the dog that escapes, oh. a dog escapes at the end of the the Mary Elizabeth Winstead the thing, um, and it's the dog that is being chased by the Norwegians in and which genuinely is is awesome. And the concept of having a prequel without you realizing it until the end of watching that that thing movie is awesome. Um, it was just not mm. executed as well as it could have been for a variety of different reasons, but not a horrendous version. It's oh, just okay. that the thing was. Almost perfect, if not perfect. Um, so, like, speaking of like, so the thing had a very sort of it was very on vogue, actually. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I, if you excuse the pun, um, I think that horror, sci-fi horror, has to and always has some kind of, well, good sci-fi horror always has a parable. It has a theme. It has a reason to exist. It's saying something. Um, it, mm. Life, to a lesser extent, the film Life with Jake Gyllenhaal, and, and they deal with a microbe on a space station. But it still has has some themes in there. Even Alien, um, there are, and, and the Alien series has lot has themes of of sort of motherhood and yeah. femininity and and other sorts of. Uh, there's a plethora of other things. The thing um, was was tied very much into the AIDS crisis and and blood and what hides what, what lurks beneath and and this sort of fear uh, at the time. So um, I wonder what this one has. Like what? How? What? What does the, if it's made now? Straight off the bat, it feels like our our um, our like com our commercial use of things, like how things are commodities. And like how humans in this particular case are the commodity, and when when we become the commodity and the easily um, sort of disposed of thing, it doesn't feel very mm -hmm. nice. And how easy it is like for, like we can talk about sort of the the use of uh, of animals and our our own our ownership. I'm putting inverted commas of mm. of the planet, and how very easily we can become the things that are owned. And like there are bigger things than us, and. Uh, it feels like that. Do you know what I mean? How ease, how we dispose of things so mm. quickly nowadays, mm -hmm. and to think about how easily we could be disposed of yeah. by something else. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I like this idea better than if we were trying to shoehorn in the thing. But if we were going to go for it, then the tagline would have to be "Pluto is the coldest place to hide," and you have that riff off uh. the man is the warmest place to hide. Um, but but no, I like this more. So then I'm guessing, like, uh, I. Are we gonna go? Are you gonna go retro vibes? Are you gonna give them like The Martian was very modern, didn't have that feeling of an archaic mm -hmm. science fiction. Um, but then, conversely, same director, Prometheus had the soundtrack and the feeling of a grandiose classic, uh, classic sort of sci-fi. Yeah. So, what? what uh, I'm, do you know what? I'm starting to realise that the oral scape, the sounds of it, are quite critical to me to understanding the tone of the film. Right? When you hear it explained yeah. to you, you go, "Yeah, I get it." But like, there's always that missing component which you were talking about earlier on Dan how important that was yeah I think too futuristic and we feel like these kind of things aren't so scary mm. anymore do you know what I mean like the lo-fi and the inability to communicate communication ability isn't it so if if like when people have got mobile phones in modern it that takes away a lot of the the fear in horror because it used to be I can only get to a landline or the landline's been <laughs> yeah. unplugged or whatever and now you have to lose connection yeah. You know, there has to be no signal. They literally have to look yeah. at their mobile phone and see no signal for us to be scared yeah, for yeah. them. There's no way of communication. So I think it has to be in a time when communication is not as easy because there's no way to get back to mm. um, Earth and communicate with sort of mission control. So it it may be sort of 80s, 90s feel. Mm -hmm. um, oh, actually, it'd be really interesting to see when the 
SI unit of the the mole SI unit changed because they do you know they change them um, and uh, it probably it is probably far mm. too early but it'd be nice if it was around that time because it used to be like I think it was oh it was adopted in 2018 oh right okay mm. well that's yeah. wicked <laughs> all right well let's it's have it in 2018 then, yeah. <laughs> well, well, um, which is pr- pretty modern. Well, it's our modern, which is still not very good at communicating across, because um, the, the latest rover went dark, didn't it, for ages, and we were mm. worried it, it hadn't landed. But then I kind of like that because so the space tech that, so the is still yeah. quite low-fi, isn't it? Because really, it costs mm-hmm. too much yeah. to re-engineer this kind of stuff, um, and it has to. As pr- I, I can't remember the film that states this in, so I'm, I feel bad for not being able to. To, to cite it but they said just remember when you're in the rocket that this was built by the lowest bidder like it's like they you know yeah. so all the components are being so so really this gear and if you look at some of the gear in um in certain places in nasa and when they can it's still the tech they used in the in the late 60s early 70s so mm-hmm. i sort yeah. of like that it has it's not retro but it's it is by dint no. of using the technology that we still That's use right. which is so still old your soundtrack's probably going to still be bleeps and sort of analog yeah. um feeling of computers there but that will have the more modern there might even be like we could have modem noise as well which has but also then the the later sort of communication dings and i get you theme when they were trying to like when they were the first like windows sort of 95 and xp and vista that sort of era of sounds like that sort of it's not yeah. new and it's not old sort of carries this sort of it's this middle yeah. ground yeah the intel inside um <laughs> yeah. uh, sound yeah. audio logo needs to come yeah yeah exactly so all the, all that sort of soundscape which actually is something i know it's a bit nebulous the way we're talking about it but it is something that you don't hear that area of sound very much in film to be honest they go quite retro or quite modern so yeah that would mm-hmm. be interesting it was so sean just quickly it wasn't from a film it was from a u.s senator what was the quote actual actual life the quote <laughs> i felt the, the actual quote is a guy called john glenn u.s senator john glenn he said i i felt exactly how you would feel if you were getting ready to launch and you were sitting on top of two million parts all built by the lowest bidder on government contracts yeah i feel like john glenn was also an astronaut am i wrong did he did was he a senator after he was an astronaut am i or am i just recognizing him from a space film that i saw him in i might have seen him in apollo 13 or something for example but yeah, fantastic quote. And yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. No, you're not. You're. Uh, it's from. Uh, it's used in Armageddon. By <laughs> oh God. Steve Buscemi. I hoped that it would <laughs> be like actually, Apollo 13 actually... or something. You know, I hoped I was citing something. Or first man. I hoped I was citing something intelligent. No, Armageddon. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I'll take that. Well, it's still better than and Zack Snyder. There is a sleep. there is a John Glenn that was a third American in space. I there you go. Something. See, at least at least that at least I'm on track with that. Yeah somewhere so um okay so and with i suppose the last question i would have is like it's a strange question to ask but how would how would you do the vfx so i remember when there was this big sort of um what moon on a low budget duncan jones moon on a low budget managed Mm -hmm. to sort of gain quite a lot of attention because it used miniatures and it used practical effects to 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 great effect and then um you had the sort of you have the converse with that with certain other films. So I, I wonder if you... Yeah, I definitely want to try and keep it away from CGI because 
somehow that makes it less scary. I know that well, like with the thing, a remake, if you like, or prequel. Yeah, they use CGI yeah. and it took as all the soon as away. as soon as we are aware that there's, it stops being. I want it to feel like this is this could happen mm. now. Do you know what I mean? Like the Mars rover said, the Mars rover sent up. They sent the space team, and they've been studying, and it, and it could it could literally happen now. So we don't want it to feel too um, fake, mm. I guess. And we're all very aware of it. However good CGI is now, we're still we're very honed in on mm. that, aren't we, I guess. And, and there's a lot of the things, a lot of the practicality that they're missing bits of their body or whatever. They don't, that doesn't need to be CGI'd in. Do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's a very practical thing. I guess meeting the aliens, but then maybe we never actually, you know, you never really see them. Mm. You know, we, you know, bright lights and whatever can be a thing, or you know, the refraction of light through a diamond. Yeah, if that's we're interesting. About coming from Neptune, yeah. I, I found like cinematically, uh, Hollywood's been quite poor at maintaining a sense of horror when they introduce an actual alien into the movie, especially CGI. Like, good example mm. is Signs with mm. uh, I think Gibson. it was Mel Gibson. Yeah, and and it's going great and the, the suspense that builds when you don't see an alien is great and then you see the alien and then you see it again and you're like mm. yeah yeah sure <laughs> yeah. but that's it your that's mind my comes thing. up with something far is it why worse they, than anyone can is imagine it why they made the choice not to see the monster in bird box wasn't it like there's a rumor isn't there that like they saw the monster and it was so ridiculous that they were like that's just not yeah yeah i, th- I think yeah. so and it and it's definitely like you have to have a really good reason to introduce the visual of the monster and then from that you have to have a sort of and there's so many things I think of like even um, the Babadook it's it's almost scarier when you see the the picture that someone's drawn although the xenomorphs in Alien were were absolutely brilliant they were I mean that's Giga but then because he's nuts and his designs are just mind-blowing but then in the first one I think they that's a perfect example of how to use your monster well and the full reveal only yes. really comes right at the end when she's like, you know, basically in, in her skimpies and she's about to get into the spacesuit or go to sleep or whatever she's going to do. So it's like right at the point where the character's most vulnerable, you, that's when you see the full reveal. So yeah, you're right, you're right. Full and reveal, it's, yeah. it's sort of, it's such a difficult thing to do that. So, but, but like you said, like you were both saying, like maybe just applying the refraction, refraction of light, if they're diamond-based life forms is, is genuinely mm-hmm. interesting that's a really great idea and design for, for an alien and you don't have to see them you can maybe just see what that does to the environment the refraction of that light and that's all they can yeah. see of this thing perhaps you know yeah and I imagine the poster would just be like maybe a petri dish with the word mole and the O is like cut out isn't it it's like a bit that's been removed <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I like that yeah, I like that So we had three extraordinarily different uh, ideas, uh, all from uh, the title Mole. None of them were obvious, which is fantastic. Um, and I don't know where I would have gone with it at all. So it was wonderful to hear three different ideas. We had um, Andy first, Mileno, uh, this uh, couch surfing, uh, house surfing, um, a young gentleman finding himself running away from home, but finding himself in the south of Spain, crashing on couches in clubhouses for bikers, caravan parks, 
Um, it's, I really want, I've wanted to use this word for a long time, but it's a building's Roman of a story. It's a coming of age story. That's the official term for a coming of age story, by the way, uh, building's Roman story. Um, with this young Michael Pena type uh, finding himself, finding himself and also finding himself a place to settle down. We had uh, Mole, the gangster, the, the gangster film, Mole, the gangster's partner in life and in crime, um, living the high life, Zendaya playing this mole, but as a double agent in a 12-part Amazon series that was by Ryan, who wasn't duping today. Dan, who was duping today, um, his idea for mole was a sci-fi horror thriller uh, where in space a mole, a unit of um, a newly discovered organism, is killing and warping and changing these infected people um, in horrific ways. Um, by an alien force where the humans are in fact commodities themselves to be tested on and discarded as a kind of uh, uh, parable or cautionary tale to our current way of living. So I have a very, things slotted into place today, so sometimes I labour, all of the ideas are always of, of a high standard. Sometimes when I'm picking a winner I labour over, over which one. Um, I think things were set out much clear, clearer for me today, but that doesn't mean that it's, they weren't all of the same quality. Because um, it's an interesting for you guys to switch, right, Dan and Ryan? So, that, so the switch has been fruitful yeah. um, for you, Dan, um, if not profitable. So, it might, so I, I, I would <laughs> definitely say, so for example, it's great to hear you give us multiple ideas. That, that, I like that a lot. That's normally the yeah. Ryan shtick, but like to hear you knock off ideas as if they were nothing, but each of them also of, of the same quality as the one you picked. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and then your main idea, you know, had such vigor I like it. It's normally the sort of energy and intensity we get from Ryan when he's just only had an hour to cobble something together. So, so yeah, no, that was, I, I really, I genuinely enjoyed that. And Ryan, your idea was excellent um, and an absolute close second. The, the thing is, um, absolutely dynamite, probably the best casting we've had in the, I'm going to say it now, I've probably said this before, but each time it gets better, the best casting we've had out of the entire series of Slash Deep so far. Um, those three lead players are just, I can see them in the roles. They're against type as well in many ways. It's just, it's honestly dynamite. Um, and what's what troubles me about this idea is that it's genuinely too legit to win. If you've known anything about Slash Dupe, it's that the better an idea is, I can't put it through to Slash Dupe to make into a trailer. That's nonsense. What I want to do is develop it with you and put it forward to pitch it to Amazon Prime, right? Which is a legit thing that we can do. So like the idea is too good. Like even if we don't get Scorsese, you'd get one of the heavyweights, right? You'd get- I mean, with, get... with Bezos with Bezos money, we can get Scorsese. Yeah, that's true, mate. Especially if he's going to do a 12 parter, right? And even if we Second had to Second richest man in the world, parts, let's- He'd do it. Let's get him back up there, you know, make an excellent film. We can take <laughs> the money from He'd him. love that, wouldn't he, having Scorsese on the payroll? So, like, but so, but yeah. I, mean, I seriously mean that. I mean, it's got themes of female empowerment, police authority, it's exceedingly timely. Um, and I, I would nick it and write it tomorrow um, if I could. So, I, ge I genuinely think it's the sort of idea where um, it's, it's, uh, you, are you, I think you all know what I mean when I say it's too, it's too good. It's too good for Slash Tube. I mean, the first, first episode alone had. Also, we'd have to make the trailer. That's the other. And thing, I'm not right? casting anyone except no, no, Zendaya no, 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 no. Go, go, and go back, John Go back Krasinski to the compliments. None of the, and... none of the problems. None of the problems <laughs> with the trailer. Go, 
Back to the back to the um, So um, I, I think Andy's idea probably wins out for me purely on, on the basis of it being something that's very, like just completely tonally different to something that we've had before. Um, and really sort of, mm. oh, thank you know, you. sort of fits really it. Really Yeah, it. no, it, it, the thing is it really fitted into like a different, it felt like a completely different thing. It feels like it comes from your knowledge and experience and personal experience, even if that stuff has then been mixed with sort of other influences of yours. Um, and it's nice to have a, a Spanish language sort of film in there. I, I, and, and I sort of, what I know of Spanish language films, they have a, a wonderful sort of, um, there's a real freedom in, in, those, in their films. And I don't know why, I think I that, need to know. That's generally what I would want the audience to feel yeah. watching this is, is a, a feel good. Yeah, and th this is about a, a guy who's like backpacking across South Spain and yeah, freedom is, is really really great yeah. um description actually. and i do you know what if i may i think that like the idea of the him it ending with him sort of having the sort of beginnings of him settling down i find that really fascinating especially at the age that i'm at now um i used to think that yeah. settling down was synonymous with losing your freedom but i actually think genuinely when you settle down with somebody that you love or, or even in a country that you love um or even in a place that you love um, or in a job that you love, if you if you settle down in these things, it actually and it's the right thing for you. It actually gives you more freedom, right? It, it, it actually, it, I know that sounds bonkers because when I was twenty odd, I would have I would have you know thought that it was. It's, the, it's not the end; it's the beginning yeah, of the next chapter. Absolutely, that, that's how I would. Yeah. yeah. So it's not even bittersweet when his freedom is altered at the end of the film. It's actually sweet. It's actually sweet. It's it's the right thing to have happened to him at the end. I felt that, you know, and so um, I'm really proud and happy to to be able to cast you as the as the winner today andy if you'll if you'll take that crown thank you very much congrats, yeah congrats. yeah that's great and uh it's been lovely um doing this with you guys and it's been oh, a thanks, lot of fun mate. no it's an absolute pleasure from our end um and dan was robbed tenfold now that's going to be our new hashtag because he came up with yep. so many ideas he was duping today i bet he, it was a shoe in right it was duping today it's his first go of course i'm going to go easy on him of course i'm going to have to pick dan you know i feel feel sorry for him but no your idea wasn't bad enough we for me know. to give you the sympathy win. Well, well interestingly, <laughs> the, the sci-fi horror, and this is why I liked Dan's pitch as, as well, is that was my second idea. And I was thinking all these different ways. I could, in, I, I just couldn't quite find the right fit. Mm. You know, I was thinking yeah. of uh, a planet, then I was thinking of a spaceship, and then uh, a station didn't quite fit. And then I decided to, to go a different way. But I, yeah. Uh, that you you guys had some really good ideas as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, they did. Um, and maybe we'll have you back, um, Andy, and throw in something that might have a, just a slight sci-fi edge to it, that, so you can give us like a, a sci-fi pitch next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, um, where can people get a hold of us if they if they if they want to find out more, like my review for the well, Justice League? Fight. Zack Snyder's Just League, which is you up can... on Letterboxd as we speak, and it's as long as the movie. I mean, I just couldn't help myself. But anyway, that's a shameless plug, but carry on. You can find us on all socials at slash dupe. I think I've said before, but we are kings of the Google SEO. I haven't checked Ask Jeeves if that's even still a search engine <laughs> anymore, but you can just Google Bing. slash dupe. And honestly, we are we're the only thing that's using it except like one Wiktionary entry. Um, so that literally will give you everything you need to know, but you can find us... On every social, we've got a Patreon as well. We've got a Reddit community as well. So just search slash Jeep wherever you listen to good podcasts or wherever you want to watch fantastic videos of us and get involved. Let us know. Well, let's show us one of your moles, preferably like 
a nice one, <laughs> but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your, you know, let us know. You know let's de deftly. I mean, I'm happy to get a picture of someone's mole, but what I would like underneath that picture is I would like to also have their pitch for their slash dupe idea for mole. Um, we've uh, we've got Taj, our super fan Taj is, is absolutely killing it with his ideas. Um, and we're going to definitely mm. uh, ask him to, to come on. Although I fear that if we ask him to come on, it will stop him from giving us such great interaction and content on our sort of Facebook page yeah. and on our Instagram and so everything. So good. Um, but yeah, so please get involved. Um, let us know what you think. Give us some ideas for titles because we might run out one day and we want to be able to cite you and thank you for giving us uh, your ideas. And if you want to get on the podcast as well, you've just got to reach out to us. Just DM one of us. Um, we'd love to have, if you're interested, we'd love to have you on. If this is the kind of thing you enjoy, I know I've found it like a real reprieve, like during the pandemic, just to be able to just be silly creative, just be silly. And if your idea is, is so I always, I always make them serious anyway, because that's my, that's my thing. But if you want to, you know, if you just have something silly and you want to just create for the sake of creation, I, I hope that that's some of the, you know, something you can get from us and that's something we can, we can give to you. So with that, it leads me to, to thank um, Andy, uh, for, for being our guest today. Thank you very much, Dan and Ryan. Thank you, thank you for, uh, for this episode today. Thanks all. Thank you very much. Bye. I'm glad you guys like that. I was just like, don't fuck this stuff, Andy. Can I, oh, can no, I, it's great, mate. It's great. Andy, can I, can I have the, the logline for the film in Spanish? And I feel like this is the bit, Daniel. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, give it, you know, the logline is basically just if you could sum it up in one or two sentences. Um, how in Spanish? Yeah, that would be amazing. It feels yeah, right, doesn't it? Okay. Um, así que el, la película es sobre una persona que se llama Molé o corto para Moleno, y es sobre él intentando a descubrir su, su personalidad, eh, donde hay amor y donde está intentando eh, encontrar algo en su vida para ir al siguiente paso de su vida. Una aventura. Recorded in the Capo Studios 2021. What's up, danger?